acronyms, gibberish and balderdash. It's time to stop with the jargon. Hello, my name's Dan Gold. Welcome to the latest episode of Fuse. Author, international keynote speaker, professional coach and founder of Jargon Free Fridays, Gabrielle Dolan is here to explain how jargon will be negatively affecting your organisation. You can watch this episode in full simply by clicking on the link in the notes of this episode. Plus, there is a funny bonus video dedicated to jargon. Just an edit note for you. We reference a case of acronyms being used to dehumanise people. This is never acceptable, and whilst we don't address this at depth in this episode, it is something we clearly stand against. Jargon Free Fridays, firstly, I'm intrigued to how that came about, but even before that, for anyone who doesn't know who Gabrielle is, um, give us the 30-seconder on who you are. I'm literally teaching people how to use storytelling to communicate more effectively. So I spent most of my life in the corporate world in senior leadership roles and have, for the last 15 plus years have been saying, let's, let's communicate in business in a lot more authentic and human way. So that's more storytelling and less jargon and acronyms. So how did Jargon Free Fridays come about? Look, it sort of came about, I guess I was always on the lookout and calling out jargon and acronyms. And it was one Friday, a client of mine from New Zealand sent me one of those Dilbert cartoons, you know, the Dilbert cartoons that sort of have a go at uh, jargon, your corporate management speak. And I literally put it on LinkedIn and I said, um, here's a challenge. Why? What about we just try to not use jargon just for today, just on Friday? And as soon as I sent it, I thought, hmm, maybe I should do this every Friday. And then within about 10 minutes, I was thinking, well, I can make jargon-free Fridays. And it just snowballed from there where I got a whole website. I made some videos and um, that was about four years ago I did that. Are we as as people, as creatures, those who sometimes assume knowledge because of course people know? Yeah, yeah, we do, and that's and that's why we use acronyms because we assume people know what it is, and and part of the, I mean, part of the reason for starting Jargon Free Friday is it was really, it, it, I'm trying to say, a fun way to raise awareness to the problems of using jargon and acronym because what we're doing every time we use an acronym, we're putting the onus on the other person to do that interpretation, and then we're actually then hoping that they interpret it the way we want it to do. I'll I'll give you a classic example, Dan. I was walking past a building in my street the other week and I saw this sign. So it was a professional sign. Someone's gone to the effort to making a sign and it said, um, this building contains ACM. And I'm going, okay, well, it must be sort of important because they've put a sign there. I did initially think it might have something to do with asbestos because why else would you put a sign? So I came back, I Googled. ACM, um, and there was like hundreds of definitions, but it, it is asbestos-containing material. So I was just why wouldn't you just say a sign, make a sign that says this building contains asbestos? Because, I don't know, that's that's pretty important. It could kill you, so let's make sure people understand what it means. Is it essentially unfair of us to put that onus on the audience to decipher what we mean? 
Yeah, well, it's 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 unfair. It's I think it's lazy, um, and it's just it's just resulted in miscommunication. So the word acronym only actually entered the English dictionary in the 1940s after World War II, and the reason it came in then because it was widely used during World War II because for two reasons. First of all, they're using Morse code. So they've got to, I guess, be really efficient in the letters they use. And the second reason is they knew that if the enemy intercepted their message, they wouldn't understand what it meant. So, let, I mean, let's think about that for a second. We have decided that this is an efficient way to use. So I think, I think unless you're using Morse code and unless you don't want the person to understand what you're saying, then use acronyms. But otherwise, we're putting all the onus on it. And it's like you said, Dan, if... You know, if everyone, if you are sure every single person understands it, then you can probably use it. There's, you know, like, for example, ATM, like everyone sort of knows what an ATM now is. Some acronyms even become words like scuba or laser. But the reality is there's so many different variations. Even if you're in a business setting and you say SME, half your audience might think subject matter expert half might think small to medium enterprise. And so you're talking about SMEs and half the people are thinking about something different. CRM is a perfect example of that with calls-related marketing and client relationship management software. So yeah, there's all these know, things. That's, that I have tripped up on when I was talking about something and someone brought in the other acronym. We were talking at this during this meeting at complete cross-purposes but the the conversation went on for a good seven, eight minutes before one of us realized, are we are we talking about the same thing? Because it would have been very easy to have walked away, both been completely satisfied, but being on completely the wrong plane. Exactly. And so and I've had the same situation where with SMEs where I'm thinking, why is why do I feel like we're talking about something different? And and we were when when finally I said something. But yeah, we we just we're just allowing uh, you know you just sort of think if you just make, said a word and hoped people understood it you wouldn't say it you would make sure they you were using the right word well that's what's happening with acronyms um, the other one I heard the other day was CTA and which was um, a call to action but being in sort of the training thing I've heard it as critical takeaway so what are you learning. And uh, which are both ridiculous acronyms. And I sort of think, I reckon only a critical takeaway should be when you're really, really hungry and you're about to kill someone and you need to order takeaway. That's a critical takeaway. Oh, I'm with you on that one. I'm going to get the menus out in a minute. Um, so so we, we have to ha- be mindful of the respect for our respect for the audience. And if we if we're the ones putting in roadblocks between us communicating, engaging two-way conversation, multi-way conversations, and a competitor, let's say, who does speak in plain language, who doesn't complicate things, is there a risk that we can we can lose an audience and they may move to someone else simply because they understand them better? Yeah, and so there's a couple of things. It's it's first of all, uh, if you're if you're speaking to a client or a potential client and they don't understand what you're saying. Um, they could walk away very confused. And so if someone's speaking in real language, what that actually does is for the audience, it feels like you're not hiding anything because sometimes we're using acronyms to hide things. Some times we're using acronyms deliberately to bamboozle 
clients. Um, you know, I, I, you, you go see a, someone in a financial planner, for example, the, the, the amount of acronyms they use is ridiculous. And sometimes you'll walk away going, oh my God, I don't know what they're talking about. So I clearly need them help, their help. But if you go speak to another um, one of their competitors and they explain something in really simple language that you get, you feel a level of comfort. So make no mistake, I think the, the vast majority of us are using acronyms unaware of the consequences, but there's some people that use it deliberately knowing what they're doing. We, um, To give you an example, we had uh, a minister in Australia was talking about um, people, asylum seekers trying to um, get asylum and they've been in detention for years and years and years and there's a big call to get let them back into the community. And he referred to them as IMAs. That's what he referred to this family as, IMAs. And I, I picked it up and I Googled it, irregular maritime arrivals. That's what it was. That is like disgusting language to refer to refugees who have arrived on boat as IMAs. But someone um, thinks, and, and they're doing it to dehumanise it. dehumanizing the situation that's disappointing um but not surprising your workshops the the uh, teams that you get to work with you travel extensively uh, you know we're looking at that point of the traveling increasing uh, progressively as we as we go forwards um i'm i'm sure that you've missed a lot of the face-to-face ones how have you found the transition to doing a lot more online over the last 15 months yeah we did i have to i had to transition everything to virtual delivery i must admit at the start it was really exhausting like you know if i i run a workshop um i sort of get really pumped afterwards and you do a keynote presentation you feel pumped and i actually found it really exhausting because the technology you know there's a lot more things you have to concentrate on um doing virtual and you don't get the feedback but i've actually been surprised how well it's worked it's um clients have been really happy with it because it allows them to bring a lot more people into the training um the way i run it there's sort of nowhere to hide so i there's a lot of techniques you can use to make virtual training really um as engaging and effective as close to it could be in person but i've actually been pleasantly surprised but i must admit i've i i do miss the face-to-face there's a lot of things about face-to-face that are so much better um it sort of reminded me a little bit when i was pregnant 20 years ago and i was drinking non-alcoholic wine and you sort of kid yourself that it's okay (laughs) And then, and then you have a Shiraz and you go, oh, my God, who was I kidding? This is so much better. It's a little bit like that. But there's definitely um, pros and cons to it. So the other day I was watching uh, Australian TV and uh, I, I'm watching this feature and, and it's, what, Studio 10? They, they do great feel-good stories. And suddenly I see you on there and we last spoke on a previous communication podcast that I was making for the last few years. And, you know, relatively between then the TV bit and this, it's like equidistant. And I'm thinking, I've got to ask you back on it. Uh, what what have you found when um, non-traditional audiences kind of pick up on what you're doing with the jargon free Fridays and, and suddenly you're talking to a TV audience, not directly a B2B audience about jargon. It, it applies in all of life, surely. 
It, it does. It does apply all in life. I mean, I have, you know, it's it funny you mentioned that straight after I did that and it was a live studio gig. I got a text from my sister saying, oh, really good interview. And later she told me, and she's not my target audience at all. And she said, I was sitting there working away and I heard them talking about jargon and acronyms. And she goes, it got my attention because that's what you're all about. And part of me went, oh, do you know that? That's <laughs> that's good. Um, but the reality is we, you, we do use jargon and acronyms and it, it goes across, it, it moves beyond business. I mean, first of all, anyone with teenage kids experiences this. If you, if you pick up your teenage kid's phone and you look at text messages from their friends, you will have no idea what they're talking about. So the reality is every industry has their own form of jargon. So even TV, even sport. I mean, if you, you, the next time you watch a sports uh, report, just pick up on the amount of acronyms they use. Like they'll be talking about ACLs and, you know, for their knee injuries and stuff. So they every industry uses a huge amount of acronyms. And I spy behind you. I, I Do I see the new book behind you? You do see the new book behind me. <laughs> it's just like my bookshelves are just all my books. So egotistical, I know. It's all right. I have an ego the size of a planet. So this is nothing. So uh, tell us about the new book. The new, the new book, I'm actually really proud of the new book because all the – my pre- this is my sixth book, which is amazes me because I actually failed my final year of English. So that's just hilarious that I've written six books. Um, the previous books have all been around storytelling, but how you use them internally. And what I've noticed over the last while is that people are starting to use storytelling a lot more externally with customers and this whole concept of brand storytelling. So it's called Magnetic Stories. Um connect with customers and engage employees with brand storytelling. And I actually, Dan, just found out the other day that it's um, it was a f- in the International Business Book Awards or the International Book Awards, it was a finalist in three categories. And while I, while I would have loved to won a cat, won a, win a category, um, the fact that it was a finalist in three, I think really highlights the various applications of storytelling. So it was a finalist in the sales category. It was the finalist in marketing, advertising, and it was the finalist in communication. So, um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. I, I had a, such a great time interviewing companies from all around the world on how they're using storytelling to connect and engage with customers. And some of the, I just loved some of the stories in there. Well, I'm looking forward myself to receive my copy. It's already been ordered. It's on its way. Um, Gabrielle, uh, if people want to find out more information about you, the book, etc., where could they go? The best place is to go to gabrieldolan.com. Uh, there's a seven-day storytelling starter kit. So if you're interested in storytelling, you can go there. Um, and you could also go to jargonfreefridays.com where you can have a bit of a laugh at some of the videos we've made about our ridiculous use of jargon and acronyms. There's one particular video which I'm going to link in the description of this episode. And uh, let's say I think it's every parent's nightmare. Gabrielle Dolan, thank you so much for joining us on Fuse. Thanks, Dan. I've loved it. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Fuse. Please do share this with anyone who struggles with jargon or who just likes listening to a great podcast. We have some exciting news coming very soon about Fuse and the stories that we're going to continue to tell. So do stay tuned for that. Fuse.